0: Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you.
1: We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond.
0: All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 162, and it's called 14 Qualities of a Good Lover. So... This is a question that comes up from time to time is like, what does it mean to be a good lover or a great lover like what what does that really mean and you'll get a lot of different answers people will say oh it's somebody that can perform really well you know somebody that lasts long or somebody that this or that but honestly it's a whole lot more than just your physical performance so we wanted today to give you a fairly comprehensive list. Yes, with all our lists, it doesn't mean that it there's nothing else you could ever put on there. But our lists usually come from a combination of research and our own personal experience working with people and, and what we think uh, really works and what doesn't work. So we have a list of 14 qualities of a good lover. Some of them might be obvious. Some of them will probably surprise you. And here's the thing. Your goal when listening to this list is to see how many of these you can check off, right? <laughs> so imagine you got a checklist here and it's like an evaluation of yourself and you're like, check, got that one, check, got that one. Like, uh, oh, shit, don't got that one, right? Because any of these that you do not possess, you might want to consider learning. <laughs> maybe, just, just maybe, I mean, if you want to be a good lover, I know there are some people out there that don't really care about being a good lover. And if that's you, then this isn't the show for you. But for the rest of us, I have always cared. Yeah. Since the very first time I ever had sex, I was like, I want to be good at this. I'm like, mm, now that performance wasn't very good. How can I get better? Always, since I was 15 years old. <laughs> so uh, if you're like that and you're still wanting to get better, even if you're In your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever, you know, if you really want to do a good job, then you should learn to embody as many of these as possible.
1: One great thing about when it comes to sexuality is I don't think you ever reach a point where that's it. (laughs) There's basically always something else to learn, new places to go to, uh, places to surrender to, we'll talk about that. And there's not an end destination. And when you make your sexuality more about the journey rather than the destination, so who you are becoming in the process, the process of lovemaking rather than the goal and goal that is the orgasm, it changes the quality of your intimacy, relationships, and sexuality. Therefore, This is why we're focusing on the qualities. And I know most people want to have the button to push, the tongue move or hand move. And we've got some episodes on that to help you fingering, going down, oral hand jobs. I mean, we've covered lots of those things. But today is not so much the focus into the move because if it was that easy, People would do them and know them.
0: Everybody would be a great lover if it was just about, hey, uh, you know, do this little tongue move here. Like,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, before we get started, let's give a big shout-out to our sponsors, Power & Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out PowerAndMastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills to become a fantastic lover, there is something for you at PowerAndMastery.com.
0: All right, so... Our list is 14 traits. Some of this list, a fair amount of this list, comes from a book called 10 Qualities of a Good Lover from uh, the... uh, Ecstasy
1: of Surrender by Dr. Judith Orloff.
0: Thank you. Actually, the book is titled The Ecstasy of Surrender, right? Mm -hmm. And then part of that is 10 Qualities uh, of a Good Lover. So we're going to use a little bit of that because... Actually, it's a great list. Yeah. I mean, that, that's honestly the reason why, you know, a lot of times we, we do research on stuff and, you know, you get out on the internet and you start looking at things. And actually, we have a fairly extensive library of books on sexuality too. So sometimes we'll go consult the books. Other times we'll do research on the internet. And a lot of the times I'm, I'm rather disappointed with the information that's out there. And we just end up writing our own. Uh, that's where I would say the majority of our content literally just comes from our heads and our personal experience. But every now and then we come across stuff that we're like, oh yeah, they really nailed it. And I I really liked this list. So you want to start with number one?
1: Number one, the quality that makes you a good lover is that you are willing to learn.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this is huge. If you show up to any sexual relationship thinking you know it all already. And I don't care how old you are. I don't care how many lovers you've had. I've slept with 5,000 women. That doesn't make you good. (laughs) It doesn't make you good. And it's really interesting because you'll see that too. Like, you know, I don't want to name any names, but but there are professionals out there, you know, maybe they're porn stars or whatever. And they're like, I am an expert on lovemaking because I've had sex with X number of thousands of women. Yeah. But it was porn women, which isn't even real sex, you know. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, you know, obviously we did do um, How to Have Sex Like a Porn Star. And in that episode, I do believe he actually does know what he's talking about.
1: Eric Everhard was a porn star. And I think he, he does know. It's not just had sex with lots, thousands of women. Yeah, well, I, I think he learned because he had that quality that he was willing to learn and he was paying attention to the women. Yeah.
0: And he distinguished between porn sex and real sex. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not, I'm not singling him out, but there are others out there who are like, Oh yeah, I've, you know, you, you, you see it all over. You probably get it in your spam folder every day in your email, but that doesn't make you good. You have to be willing to, To have an open mind. It's like they say in martial arts, you always have the beginner's mind.
1: And, and that applies for every area in your life, because when it comes to relationship, there's a mistake of set it and forget it, and it doesn't work that way. The relationship is is like a plant, you have to feed it, you have to nurture it for it to thrive, and we do evolve and change who we are, who the relationship is, how we show up, and if you're not having this beginner's mind, which is this willingness to learn, then you are not going to thrive in your life and in your relationship. So this quality number one is, I believe, one of the most essential traits you could develop if you want to have a happy life.
0: Absolutely. All right. Number two on the list, you're playful and passionate. You know, sex is supposed to be fun.
1: (laughs) A lot of people forget it because it becomes this place of anxiety, of pressure, or of performance. And when you forget the quality of playfulness and passion, honestly, sex sucks. <laughs> it really does. Yeah,
0: well, so, you know, just like we mentioned, number one, you know, have a beginner's mind, you know, always keep that sort of playfulness about it. This is fun. This is like... You know, this isn't another task to do on your list. This isn't another chore that has to be done. This is actually your playtime, right? And if you combine that playfulness with passion, then it starts to get really, really good. I know I make these music analogies all the time, so I hesitate to do it again, but I'm going to do it again anyway. (laughs) It's that element of passion. And I will say even playfulness You know, in music, when it comes to doing any sort of um, improvising or soloing, playfulness is important. There's tons of people that know, I know this exact mode or this exact scale, and I'm just going to go through it. And you're like, "Eh, okay. but great musicians are all over. They're inside, they're outside, they're everywhere because they're just being playful with it. And then if you have the passion behind H- it...
1: Well, H- on the inside and outside, like wh- what are they doing there, Kevin?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it is a music and sex analogy. So <laughs> 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 inside the scale and outside the scale.
1: Oh, then that in and out motion, that's not what you were talking about? No, oh, no,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> anyway, it's important that you be playful With your lovemaking and your sexuality and that you be passionate.
1: And you know, there's this misconception too that... Uh, you either have passion or you don't. But passion is something you create every day. If you've been listening to the Love Lab for a while, you know that we say that a lot. You don't have to be in the mood. You create the mood. And with passion, it's do you put on the glasses that show appreciation for your partner? Do you focus on all the things that turn you on about your partner? Do you share that out loud? This is going to cultivate the passion. Or are you focusing on all the things that you despise and they're not doing right. This is not going to help you focus on staying playful and passionate. And passion and playfulness is not just limited again to the bedroom. This is essential. I see it for myself. When I'm more relaxed, I tend to have more creativity. When I have more creativity, I feel more horny. It's all connected. It's the same energy. So if you feel like you're bone dry and there's nothing left, then you need to learn to relax, to de-stress and to refocus on what truly matters Mm -hmm. let's move to our number three you make your partner feel sexy
0: yeah and this is super important it's not just all about you you want your partner to also feel sexy and it goes both ways whether it's a man to a woman or a woman to a man you want to you know let your partner know that they look sexy or something that they did was very sexy it's important It, it helps them get into that playful and passionate mood that we were talking about You don't want to be like Fat Bastard from Austin Powers, right? And he goes, (laughs) I was great. You were crap.
1: (laughs) Thanksgiving for the image now. I want to see something else in my mind's eye. No, Fat Bastard, no. No, sorry. No, inspire your partner. You know... When it comes to making a partner feel sexy, a lot of people think about it from like, he helps her feel sexy. Because oftentimes women will feel insecure, will need some validation to be appreciated and seen for their beauty and also for their intelligence. Uh, But we do appreciate that part of the beauty part. But it is my experience that men want it just as much as women it's different in how it shows up for them so when you appreciate a woman for her sexiness for her beauty she will feel seen she will feel appreciated she will love you more uh, she'll open up step into her confidence and increase her self-esteem so there's a lot of good things when you do that for a man it doesn't it it works similarly and, li- and yet it's a little different because I think for a woman it's a lot like like oxygen, like she really needs it. Maybe a guy doesn't need it until he has it. And then he's like, oh, I really want this. It, I feel so good to be appreciated. And it's, it is the same that it will increase a man's confidence and a man's willingness to do more for you, to show up, to be a better man. So the more you can appreciate a man and help him step into his own power and sexiness, masculine power, all of of that, the more you're also going to be attracted to him and the better your sex.
0: Yeah, the big one there with men is it's really going to help their confidence. And one of the biggest things that we see when working with men, trying to help them last longer or be better lovers is that they lack confidence. Mm -hmm. So anything that can help there is good. All right. Uh, Number four. Number four. Speaking of confidence, you're confident, not afraid to be vulnerable.
1: This is a big one because when people think about confidence, sometimes they associate more like cockiness, especially the masculine. They go like, oh, that's confidence, that's cockiness, but it's not. confidence. Sp- well, confidence, yes, uh, is another <laughs> one, which is a great book to read if you ever want to uh, dive into that. But confidence is that you know who you are and you're not afraid to be seen both in your strength and in your weaknesses. So you're not hiding the parts of yourself that you think are less lovable. You are not afraid to be vulnerable and be seen in both your strength and weaknesses.
0: Yeah. And for men, that is a rather challenging thing to do because we're not taught how to do that. We're taught that vulnerability is weakness, right? And if if we're... we're real men, we can't show that emotion, right? And so this is something that a lot of guys struggle with. But the problem is, is that for so many of them, when they actually learn how to be vulnerable, they swing to the other end of the spectrum and they become these super like softy, you know, overly vulnerable men. And that's a huge turnoff to women. So the trick with that one really is to be confident when it's appropriate to be confident to be vulnerable when it's appropriate to be vulnerable and knowing when those things are appropriate so in the context of making love you know maybe in the beginning of that love making session you're very confident and you're like taking charge and you're like let's do this let's do this then maybe during that love making the two of you hit this really amazing beautiful space of really deep connection that can happen when you really have a, a transformative sexual experience and in that moment you know she starts to tear up right and how do you react to that you'd be like oh come on what's going on oh, i'm gonna fix this thing stuck in your masculine or do you get into that vulnerable side and Love her and support her and tell her how beautiful and amazing that experience was and how emotionally touched you are by that experience. Maybe you even get a little tear in your eyes uh, as well. So that's what we're talking about there. How you can be both at the same time.
1: Qualities number five. You are adventurous and willing to experiment You know, there's a difference between number two where you're playful and passionate and number five where you are adventurous and willing to experiment. They are somewhat similar and yet different. And this is a place where a lot of couples stop, like, be willing to do that because they're like, these are the free positions that we like, this is how we do it. And they don't step outside the box. And then maybe later in life, they start having new fantasies, but then they become embarrassed to share that with their partner. And so they go like, well, I have this fantasy, but there's no way I could talk about this with my wife or my husband because... Um, He or she's going to think I'm weird or judge me. And then you hold this back and you're not willing to bring that into the lovemaking and that will stifle your uh, experience.
0: And remember that adventurous is all relative, (laughs) right? So for some people, what's really adventurous is doing a different position. Or maybe making love in a different room, because most people are like, it's always on this day at this time in the bedroom in this position. So maybe just stepping outside of that little box is your adventure. For some people, it's like, let's bring some toys into the relationship. Like, whoa, okay. For some people, it might be, you know, let's go to a sex club or you know something like that. So the you know the level of adventure is up to you. The point is, is that you should be willing to try something new to keep it fun and exciting. And yeah, it's, you know, there are a lot of options out there. So you choose your level of experimental.
1: (laughs) Quality number six, you communicate your needs and listen to your partner. Wow. That is such a big one. Number one, it requires skills, right? If you first need to know what you want, and then you need to ask for what you want in a way that is not a demand, but a request. So learning to communicate in such a way that you don't put your partner down for wanting for you wanting something and your partner not giving this to you. And you bring this as a gift, so that is something that both of you could work on and not only are you just focusing on yourself you are also willing to listen and when your partner says something you're not listening to defend yourself to correct or to add you're listening to understand
0: mhm so two really big things here one of course is communicating your needs which you know you've talked about but the other one which is maybe even more important is listening to your partner I just kind of wanted to reiterate that. I mean, I know you did a good job of explaining stuff, but this one is huge. And it's one of the things that we teach in Sexual Mastery in our online program. It's really, 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 you're not just listening with your ears, right? So you're not just listening to what she tells you. Oh, do it like this. Don't do that. Move this way. You're listening to everything the noises that she makes, the way she's moaning, is it a wince? Is it a moan of ecstasy? You're looking at her eyes, you're looking at her cheeks, are they flush? You're looking at her uh, outer labia, are they swollen? Uh, is her vagina wet? Like all of those things tell you you're doing something good or you're not doing something good. So, really, 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 really listening on every way using your eyes using your ears, using your touch. How does it feel? Is she tensed up? Is she relaxed? Right, All of this stuff is all about listening to your partner. And
1: listening also means that if your partner keeps saying, I really would like to get more oral, or it would be really awesome if this or that happened, they always say it. That might be because they want it. So.
0: <laughs> but yeah, never, even if they say it in joke form, right? I like. know,
1: but it, this is something that when we work with couples, we see a lot. They go like, well, it's not like he ever does this anyway. So it's like, and they kind of like jokingly laugh about this, but there's a lot of truth about that and you need to do something. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move to number seven, because we are just halfway through our list here. It's a lot of juicy stuff, but I mm-hmm. want to make sure we have time to cover it all. Uh, you make time and don't rush.
0: Oh, yes. Good lovemaking is slow lovemaking. That doesn't mean you can't pound at times and move fast, but the idea is you take your time. I know some of you, you got kids, you got busy lives, you're like, we got 10 minutes, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, let's get it done, right? Okay, if that's all you can do, that's better than nothing. But in general, there's no such thing as time when you're making love. Like, turn the clock around so you can't even see it. But it's
1: the hardest thing because we are conditioned, we are pressured. I know for for me, it's like okay, if I can just do this for ten minutes, for twenty minutes, you know, it's like. But you got to go through that and give yourself permission to have this. But usually the mark is about 20 minutes before you start to get in this out of the time constraint.
0: Yeah. And part of the problem when you're like, okay, I need at least 20 minutes and you're like glancing at the clock, like it's almost been 20 minutes. I should be there by now, but I'm not feeling it. (laughs) Right. Just time should not exist. And actually, Osho wrote about this. Uh, He was speaking more in regards to uh, the moment of orgasm. But basically what he says is the moment of orgasm is like the closest that you can experience God because it's like a moment of nothingness. Nothing exists in that moment. You can't do anything else at the same moment that you're orgasming. It's physically impossible. Um, And so really with lovemaking... You just want time to disappear. I don't give a fuck what time it is. I don't care. I don't care how long we've been doing something. I don't care how long I've been going down on you or whatever. All I care about is that we are in the moment and we are enjoying what we're doing
1: let's take a little break for our second sponsor of today's show. And we want to invite you all the couples who are listening to the Love Lab podcast. If you are in a relationship and just things are not exactly the way they used to be, your sex life may not be as fun or exciting. Your desire, you still feel the love, but maybe you feel more like roommates, well then we want to help you get the passion back between the sheets. And so Kevin and I would like to invite you to join our highly sexed Power Couple Platinum program. If you give us 90 days, we will help you bring the passion back between the sheets and be synced up sexually so that you can thrive with more purpose and passion in life. To learn more about this life-changing coaching program, go to seleneremy.com forward slash passion.
0: <laughs> hmm okay, number eight you enjoy giving pleasure as much as receiving it. This is really important. this is one we talk about a lot too, and I know for sure we cover in power and mastery but if you really want to be good in bed, you have to love what you do right so again back to the music analogy, but you know somebody that could be really technically proficient and you know they play all the right notes but it, It just lacks something. It doesn't move you. It doesn't stir your soul. It doesn't evoke emotion. But then somebody who's playing, you know, maybe a little sloppier and maybe not even the right notes, but there's something about the way they play it that just moves your soul, right? It's because they love what they're doing. They're putting that passion, that love, that energy into it. And that's what you need to be doing when you're making love too. You know, if you're giving oral sex, it doesn't matter if it's a man giving it to a woman, a woman giving it to a man. If you're just kind of going through the motions, they'll be like, okay, yeah, that felt pretty good. But if you're doing it because you're like, this is like my favorite thing to do. I just could do this for an hour straight and love every minute of it. Yeah. Watch the reaction you get from your partner.
1: Well, I think like there's one element here that you haven't been focusing on, Kevin. I don't think people have that much pleasure problem giving. It's usually easier. Most po- people have issues with the receiving part, so they'll be stuck in. I'm a giver. I just want to give to her. Usually, um, that's usually the guy. It could be. It could be the woman. Uh, but it's more that it's they feel much better if they're giving rather than receiving. And if you don't know how to receive and You're never going to be a great giver either. So like your ability to receive and give is connected to one another.
0: Yeah. And you know, there's an important point to bring up that you sort of alluded to, although not quite directly. So I'll say this. There are a lot of men that believe that they are givers. Because all I give, I give. That's all I do is give. Really, they're taking They're not receiving and they're not even giving, they're taking. They're only giving because they're getting something in return from it. Um, And so that is kind of an important distinction to make. Uh, Be careful if you find yourself in a relationship with one of those people because it's not going to end well. It never does.
1: Quality number nine, you are supportive and not judgmental. And I think, there's not much more to be said on this one, but we say that a lot. If you're not your partner's bigger cheerleaders, then who else, you know well, should be yourself first, but then your partners is your biggest cheerleader. And being super supportive, like you are a team, right? And you both work together towards the greatest good for both of you as the team. And that's how you should go through life and go through the bedroom too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you know, stuff happens in the bedroom, you know, like performance doesn't always, you know, reach your expectations or, you know, maybe for some reason he comes too quickly or maybe for some reason she just couldn't come at all that day or maybe somebody throws their back out, you know, like who knows, like stuff happens, right? The idea is to be able to support your partner no matter what, be like, it's okay, that this stuff happens next time it'll be different or it'll be better. Or how can I help you? Right. Rather than being, ah, oh, you didn't blah, blah, blah. You did blah, blah, blah. You know,
1: let's move to our quality. Number 10, you are fully present in the moment and are able to do good eye contact and surrender. Oh, this ah. is a lot to unpack here.
0: Yeah. The presence piece is a big one that we talk about. Again, we talk about it in our sexual mastery Because it's so, so huge that, and it kind of goes hand in hand with no time, right? It's like, you're not focused on anything else other than who you are with and what you are doing. And guys, seriously, if you can master that, if you can give a woman 100% of your attention and presence in that moment, it almost doesn't matter if anything else is good. (laughs) She will feel that and she will Absolutely love it and respond so positively to it.
1: That is a huge piece. And I think that for most people, the presence piece is something that they don't have. And because we are so used to being distracted all the time, we constantly on our phones, on our computers, and driving and doing things at the same time. And then we don't know anymore how to just be in the moment with one person, how to look into somebody's eyes. All we look at are our Phones are devices, right?
0: You better not look at your phone during lovemaking. The only time you're allowed to look at your phone <laughs> is if you absolutely have to be somewhere at a certain time, and you need to make sure, like, like you only got. An hour and a half and you got to get back for the babysitter. Then you're allowed to occasionally peek at what time it is. Other than that, you throw that fucking thing out the window.
1: Well, you could just put an alarm so you don't have to look at it and you know that it's going to rain. You You know what? There is another situation to grab your phone is if you need to take a really hot picture of the moment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but you're not allowed to look at anything else. No text messages, no emails, no social media, none of that. No. Yeah. All you're allowed to do is access the camera.
1: <laughs> all right, And then
0: share it with your friends <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, so let's move to our qualities Number 11 So you understand each other's anatomy
0: Yeah, you know I threw this one on the list So we're getting into some of the things that, that we've added into the list here And all of the other stuff was really great And really important And I was just trying to think of like What kind of stuff do we see on a regular basis When we work with people and there's, there's two things that we see One, people tend to not understand the other person's anatomy, but two, they also tend to not understand their own (laughs) anatomy. Now, so, and this is just totally generalities because this is not 100% true all the time, but men tend to roughly understand their own anatomy but are pretty clueless about women's anatomy. Women tend to not even understand their own anatomy. And and those are some generalities. There's so many women that Celine works with who are like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, I mean, I don't even know it was back in the '90s or something like that when Madonna published her book, her sex book, right? And there was like uh, pictures, photos of her like uh, squatting over a mirror and looking at her own vagina, and it was like this huge controversy, right? Well, you know, that's like one of the basic practices in like every female sexuality class ever is like, get a mirror and look at it. And I'm amazed at how many women have never done that until they end up in that class. Like they've never looked at it. As a guy, trust me, by the time we realize there is a penis between our legs, we're already checking it out and we know every inch of it. (laughs) And we do. But women seem to not know that.
1: And... But it's, it's an important point you brought, too, about understanding each other's anatomy because it's even, like, beyond the anatomical part of, like, yeah, there's a clit or labia or here's, here's a scrotum, you know. But it's, like, what does your partner like? How do they like to be touched in what places? What brings them most pleasure? Because, again, there's everybody is unique and the people have differences. And even through life, you know, there might be time you might, like, I don't know, maybe somebody is very much into... Uh, Nipple clamps and lots of nipple stimulation. And then someday later in their life, they're like, "Ah, oh, it doesn't really do it for me anymore. Now I like, uh, I don't know, something on my butt, you know, like I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just really making it up. Not into
0: nipples anymore. Now I'm into butt stuff. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but that is, that is a good point. So there's... And, and understanding the actual anatomy of the other person is important because if you don't, like, let's say, I'm going to use this from a guy's point of view to a woman. If you don't understand the anatomy, if you don't understand the outer labia, the inner labia, you don't understand, you know, uh, how the clit is actually designed and you think it's just that little teeny button, right? And you don't understand the legs and all the different parts of that, then you might not value some of the places that she really likes to be touched, right because oh, i didn't know she liked her her outer labia you know massaged or touched or stimulated in this way yeah because you didn't realize there was a clitoris behind it you know so
1: and if you want to know about that uh, go to powerandmastery.com and purchase sexual mastery because we take you through the entire anatomy with graphics and everything so you will know what most men don't know and you'll have an advantage
0: that's right
1: Number 12, you can last as long as you want. And that one is for the men, obviously.
0: Pretty self-explanatory. If you want to have great sex and you want women to see you as a great lover, you, you really you need to be able to last longer than the average. You just do. Mm-hmm. You can still be a great lover and you know be really good with your mouth or your fingers or other things. But, you know... <laughs> You can tell me if this is true or not, Celine. But in my opinion, when somebody is a good lover because they're really good with their hands or their mouth, women be like, oh, yeah, that was really good. But when somebody's a really good lover with their penis, they go, oh, yeah, that was really good. There's like good, and then there's like, oh, yeah, difference. It, it is
1: definitely a whole new level. Uh, also, the cool thing about being really good with your penis is that. You know, there's always a default of the the hands or the mouth if need be at some point, you know. But if that's all you've got and the penis never got like you're not good at it, then it's not something that she will continuously long for.
0: Oh, yeah. And you want her to long for it. Yes. For sure.
1: Number 13, quality number 13, you are emotionally mature. You have high EQ.
0: Yeah, you know, there there were a lot of things in the other list that were kind of hinting at that, like, you know, you can communicate and you're confident and you're willing to learn and all that, but nothing else in that in the previous things really got at that emotional maturity part, that part where you know how to master and control your emotions, both good and bad, right? So you don't get... You don't get knocked off center like if she makes some comment about something. You don't automatically get all, oh, she insulted me or or whatever, you know, like you can stay calm and you can control your emotions. And that doesn't even just mean like not getting triggered, but it also means showing the positive emotions in a healthy way also.
1: That's is huge, and in case you're wondering how it makes you a better lovers, because there's nothing less sexy or less appealing than a whiny person. You know, like a very immature person is not somebody that you want to have sex with over and over.
0: No, and the older you get, the less tolerance you have for that emotional immaturity, like. At this point in my life, I basically have zero tolerance for it, like zero. (laughs) If you can't master your own shit and your own emotions, the door's over there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, last but not least, our quality number 14 is that you make your partner feel safe. This is a huge one and we put it as 14, but it probably should have been number one. Right. Because (laughs) without the element of safety... A woman is not going to be able to let go and surrender. Your ability to have orgasms, to experience higher places of pleasure and um orgasmic bliss depends on your ability to surrender. But without feeling safe, you are not going to put your guards down. You are not going to fully let go. And so that element of safety needs to be into place first first before anything else. If you have safety, then you can go places you've never been to.
0: Yeah. And honestly, when we think of making it safe, we generally think of the man making it safe for the woman, but this actually goes both ways. If he doesn't feel safe to be who he is in that moment, then he's going to hold back. And if you're holding back, you're never going to achieve that greatness level of sex.
1: And I love that you brought that up because feeling safe to be yourself 100% this is the key to great, great sex and great relationship, knowing that you're not going to be judged for sharing your kinky fantasy and you're going to be appreciated for who you are. Um, When you have that, you basically know if you have safety in your relationship. If you don't, you don't have it and and you feel it that you can't be truly yourself or you can't fully let go, then that's the first element that you should work on really is. And if you don't know how to do this, work with us, we'll be happy to coach you and tell you how to create a container for safety for your partner, whether you are male or female.
0: All right. So that is our list of 14 qualities of a great lover. Now, remember at the beginning of this, I said, think of this as a checklist, right? Go down and where, which ones did you check off on your list? And if you are lacking in any of those areas, It's okay because you can learn any of them. So the value here is look at these things that that are generally considered to be qualities of a great lover. Find out which ones you've already got mastered, keep doing them, and then the ones that you haven't, Figure out how to become good at them. Learn them. Remember, being a great lover takes practice and dedication. You're not just born with it. You don't just pop out and you're like ah, I'm a great lover. I mean, yeah, I mean there's prodigies and everything, right? But really, you just learn and you practice and you constantly strive to be better. That's how you become great.
1: There you have it. So Take these with a grain of salt, but look at them objectively and pick one and get better at it.
0: All right, we hope you enjoyed this episode and that is all the time we have for this week. So we will see you next week.